0: Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, good evening, everybody. My name is Ivan, and I want to apologize for my accent. I know sometimes I sound, uh, when I start speaking, people say, where are you from? Okay. I I know my my accent has been influenced so much by many languages. I uh, I I grew up in, in Africa, West Africa, in Cameroon, and it's known as one of the most linguistically diverse countries in Africa, maybe the world. We have a population of about uh, 20 million. I don't know how, what the population is now, Mama. Maybe about 20 million. We, ha- we speak up over 200 la- uh, dialects, and we grew up speaking English, English, but all our teachers, spoke, uh, as their first languages most of the time uh, different dialects, so the, 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 our, the, the accent was a little bit twisted. Okay, and then we have to speak French, we have to speak English, and then I went, to, I went to grad school in Germany, I had to learn how to speak German, and then I come here and I had to learn how to speak American, American, American English. <laughs> okay, so uh, after living here for se- uh, several years, my accent is still very sweet. Uh, and sometimes I get excited and I speak too fast and I apologize for that. But what a joy to be here, to. Uh, to, to share the Word of God. Uh, one thing I loved so much when we moved from North Carolina last year and came here, and we, we, we came among, among this wonderful fellowship of, of believers and, and, and feasted on the Word. We loved the emphasis on the preaching and the teaching of the Word of God. Uh, I, 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 don't, I don't know if I can match up the list with Pastor, Pastor Tim, but you know when he comes here, he stands on the Word, he preaches the Word, he teaches the Word. And that is what Jesus did. We know when we think about Jesus, most of the time we think about the, the wonderful miracles he did, the signs, the wonders. But Jesus took time to preach and to teach the Word. You know, we read in Matthew 1, 11, verse uh, 1, for example, that after finishing instructing his disciples, you know, he, he took time to instruct them. It says he went on from there to teach and to preach in the towns of Galilee. So Jesus took time. You know, if Jesus was here today, he would take time to preach and to teach. And then it, it, it tells us that was, a, that was a tradition in the early church. You know, even when, when Paul went around as, as this apostolic minister, mini missionary, planting churches, raising disciples, and leaving pastors, One time he left uh, Timothy, I I believe he was in Ephesus, and he wrote a letter to him and he told him, Until I come, spend your time reading the scripture out loud to one another. Spend your time preaching and teaching. So why do we take time to preach, to teach, to read the scriptures? Paul told Timothy, spend time doing that. At that time, they did not even have the New Testament as we have it. I believe they had some of the letters of Paul. I believe they had some of the copies of the gospel, maybe Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John to read uh, in, the, in, in church, in the synagogue, or in the assembly of believers, they had the old, old Testament, they had the Old Covenant, which was a shadow that always pointed to Jesus. And Paul told him, you guys take time, read it. I, I read somewhere, I believe it was in Ezra, when there was a revival in Israel, they took the whole day, the whole day, brothers and sisters, just reading the scriptures. So there's a power in just taking time to read the scriptures and by inspiration to preach and to teach. Why? Because the Word of God has power. That's why one of our our favorite scriptures, Hebrews 4, it says, verse 12, for the Word of God is living. It's alive. It's alive. It's exciting. The Word of God is alive. It's living. It is powerful. Something that has power has ability to do work. It is powerful. It is sharp. Not only sharp, it is sharper than the two-edged sword, uh, Piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, it affects something in our inner man. Our soul, our spirit, it pierces right in there. And it says even to the joints and marrow. It doesn't only touch our our spiritual life. You know, our Christian life is not only about being on the spiritual side. But it says it pierces even to our bodies, to our joints, to our marrow. That's our our joints, our marrows. okay, And it's a discerner of the... uh, uh, the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So, that, you know, that's why, why we have a strong emphasis on preaching the word. And another, I want I think about the preaching of the word, you know, it, it, has, it has, because it's so powerful, because it has such a potent effect, it has a, like a, a power to jumpstart our lives. Now, if you drive a car, I'm sure you've had a dead battery before. Am I right? I remember when I used to live in Nebraska, when I came to the United States, I had um, a post fellowship in Nebraska. We once went to a, a conference out of town uh, for about three days. When I came back, it was, of course, it was, uh, I believe it was November, December, really cold, it had snowed, my car was frozen, I could not get into my car. You know, I couldn't even, I, I didn't have the, the remote opening, but I, when I finally got into the car, I couldn't start the car. The car was dead. You know, when your car is dead, nothing can function. Windows cannot function. You cannot heat. you cannot drive from point A to point B. You know, and if you Google, you will f- probably find this picture on, on Google. How to jumpstart a car, okay? You need a car that has power, that is alive, that is a, has a good battery, that has a source, you know, and you, you can connect the cables and you can jumpstart a car. And I believe the word of God is, is the same kind of way it can, it can uh, jumpstart our cars, our, our, our lives. Now, I, I, when I was, t- when I, 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 this is something that is so dear to my heart. The Lord, I believe, I, I preached myself. The Lord has been speaking to me about about these these things, and I thought of speaking today. Lord, please jumpstart my heart. And I thought maybe that's too too way out there. But I, I, the one thing that all of us really, really want is, Lord, please touch my heart. You know, uh, I. Our heart is, 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 so, is so essential to, our, to our, our lives. And the scriptures, God uses in, in his words uh, a lot of descriptions about our inner man, about our soul, about our spirit, about the life he has placed inside of us. And he, he uses almost the same language as using the heart. You know, your, your heart is, is so powerful. Your heart is, uh, your heart is so essential. Every time you go to the doctor... Okay, one of the the, one of the things the doctor will always do is listen to your heart, because if he can hear a heartbeat, he can hear that there is a sign of life. Now, if your heart is not beating, you 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 have no no life in you. Okay, now when I I, I, I like I like illustrations, uh, I like studying life. I, I, I studied molecular biology. I like looking at details of the, and I get amazed about the way God has made man, the way little micro machines function, even in our tiny little cells. How amazing God has made us, even to the very minute molecular level. And you know when God made us, the Bible says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. You brother, you sister, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. When God, when God made us, he, he, he made a pipe system inside of us to pump blood, to carry oxygen, to, put, to, to take out toxins. And he, he, he put a pump inside. And that pump, he call, he call, we call our heart, is buried there somewhere behind your ribcage, somewhere between your lungs. Your heart beats. Every time I, I put this, this in, in all of our slides, so you, it reminds us about a sign of life. A heartbeat is a sign of life. You know, but if, if the heart is not beating, it's a sign that something is wrong. Something is wrong. If the heart is beating too fast or too slow or out of rhythm, something is wrong. You know, and, and we have to respond to it because we have what we call heart emergencies. I, I work in an emergency room as a, as a tech. I also work on EMS. And when we have somebody who has an issue with their heart, like a chest pain or, or something going on in their heart it's a priority you have to do something about it you know in the same way in the in the physical realm the same way in the realm of the spirit god is concerned about our hearts so our cry should be lord touch my heart touch my heart let us read a few things that the bible says about our, our hearts in the scripture The book of Proverbs has a lot of wisdom from the Old Testament. I believe uh, uh, Solomon wrote most of the the book of Proverbs. He said, anxiety, Proverbs chapter 12 verse 25, in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. Anxiety causes depression, but a good word makes the heart glad. So we see here clues of how the word of God can quicken the heart can change the heart. You know, there are things that, 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 that dampen the heart. Anxiety, fear, depression, sin, unbelief. But he says a good word. I believe God is giving us a good word today. Another, another dose of a good word that is going to make our heart glad. Verse, seven, uh, verse 22 of chapter 17, a merry heart does good like medicine, a broken spirit, vice up the bones. Just think about... Think about that. And in the Old Testament, when God, God was talking about, when he, he gave a prophetic word about the new life, the new covenant that you and I are going to experience in Christ Jesus, God spoke through the prophet Ezekiel. And he said, I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you, almost like a heart transplant. I will take out the, your stony heart, the stubborn heart, and give you a tender, responsive heart. I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh. And give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you. And cause you. Another version says, I will move you to walk in my studies. And you will keep my judgments and do them. Hallelujah. You know, when Jesus was teaching about the parable of the sower and talking about the word of God too, and about how our hearts are like the place where the word of God is received, Jesus said, a good heart is like this. But one, the, the ones that fell on the good ground, talking about the seed of the word of God, are those having heard the word with a noble and good heart, and they keep it and they bear, uh, they bear fruit with patience. So the word of God... Can, can, can produce something in our heart, can produce a transformation, can produce a quickening, it can, it can cause a, a, an expression like a tree. A tree that produces good food, the Bible says, you know, a fruit, of, a fruit of life, a fruit of joy and peace and patience and goodness and kindness and gentleness and self control. But a, a, a heart that is, that is sick, that, that has something wrong, will produce the wrong things inside, will be like a dying tree. And I like this verse. This verse in Psalm Psalm seventy three. The, 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 the psalmist said, "Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is no one upon more on earth that I desire beside you. My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever." Hallelujah! If you have had troubles, you can claim these scriptures. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. God is the strength of our heart. You know, because of this, God responds to our heart. You know, just like you know, if if somebody if if some if we have a heart emergency, um, when I walk with EMS and we get a call that somebody is having chest pain, or somebody is having shortness of breath, or somebody cannot breathe, or somebody has passed out, is unconscious. If I'm eating a nice juicy hamburger, it's no time to finish my burger before responding to it. I drop everything, we run, and we go catch. We, we, we rush to the call. If if I'm, I'm sleeping at 2 a.m. at night, and the dispatcher that tone that I don't know how many of you have worked with EMS before that tone calls you, and, and it goes off. And the the, the, the dispatcher says, you you, you know, it's a rescue needed. And make that call. It's no time for you to snooze and sleep for five more minutes. It's an emergency. You know, things that concern our heart, the place where our spirit dwells, the place where the Holy Ghost is supposed to dwell, if something goes wrong as a child of God, or if something goes wrong as a person, and something's not right with our hearts and we know it, We have to respond to it as an emergency. Even God responds to it as an emergency. You know, and so this day, I I want us to think about these four things. I'm going to talk about, I believe the Lord wants to encourage you about our hearts, about how we respond, how he responds to our hearts cry. I want us to talk about how, number one, God hears our hearts cry. Let me say that again. God Oh, my goodness. The God, the creator of the universe. The God who created the heavens and the earth and the galaxies. The God who holds all things in place. God hears Ivan's heart cry. You can put your name there. God hears your heart cry. Number two, God is for us. You can make it personal. God is for me. Number three, God is with you. And I'm talking to you, child of God, this evening. Number four, God is in you. Christ in you. Let's talk about these things. Number one, God hears our cry. And like, like I said, when, when, when something is going on with the heart, for example, I, you know, if, you remember I showed you the picture of how the heart pumps blood all over the body. If, for example, you have, somebody has a clot, a blood clot, you know how dangerous that can be. The blood clot can cause a stroke if it, if it spins and goes to the brain. If it clocks the heart, it can cause somebody to have a heart attack. And the reason why when the 911 system is activated and people respond with speed, you know, we, we, when somebody comes to the emergency department, we have to respond with speed. We have to do an EKG. We have to get blood, blood. we have to check their cardiac enzymes. We have to do everything. And we cannot do anything, uh, everything about it. We have to fly them out. We have to call for the, the, you know, an ambulance. or We have to call for the helicopter to fly them out to, to may, maybe Norfolk General. We, we say this in, in healthcare, they say something like, time is muscle. Because for every minute you delay, more cells are dying. More cells are dying. Hundreds, billions of cells could be dead. If it goes to your brain, every minute you spare, that's, time is brain. It's an emergency. Even the Bible says, "Redeem in the time for the days are evil. That's why the Bible says there are some things you should not even sleep over. Do not, do, not, do not let the sun go down on your anger. Don't sleep over anger. Don't don't postpone making things right with God. Don't don't, 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 don't entertain some things that would become like a, a, a deep root. Don't let the Bible say don't, don't let let let, a, let an a bitter and evil root grow in your heart, and that would contaminate and defile many. There's some things that have to be responded to now because the consequence could be years, could be a long time. It makes me remember when I believe. I, I would call it a clock came into the camp of Israel. When they went to spy out the land, and two men, Joshua and Caleb, their hearts were beating with the love of God, with the promises of God. When they saw the land of of Canaan, they they said in their hearts, we are well able to take the land as Pastor Tim used to preach. We are well able. Let us go and take it. But ten other spies said, we are not, we are like grasshoppers in these people's eyes. We cannot. And the Bible says they spread an evil report. And guess what? It cost the people of Israel 40 years and a whole generation dying out in the wilderness. But we want to respond fast if we have, we have an unbelief in our heart. We want to respond fast if we have something that is trying to take root in our heart. We want to respond fast. We want to redeem the time. And you know, when I, when I, there's a couple of scriptures. I When I read these scriptures, it, 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 just, it just paints a picture of how even the 911 system and responds to emergencies. Had emergency, for example. Isaiah 64, read this. It says, Oh God, that you would rend the heavens, that you would come down, that the mountains would shake at your presence. Look at this one. Here's what the psalmist said when he was in trouble. The grave wrapped its ropes around me, the death laid it trap in my path, but in my distress, I cried out to the Lord. He called 911. He called on God Almighty. He called on the, he appealed to the highest, the highest order up in the heavens. He said, I cried out to God for help. Do we learn to cry out to God when we're in trouble? We have to learn to cry out to God because God hears the cry of our hearts. He said, I cried out to God for help and he heard. Me from his sanctuary. God is not too far that he cannot hear. His, his ears not too deaf that he cannot listen to us. The psalmist said, he hurt me. Then the earth quaked and trembled. The foundations of the mountains shook. The quake because of his anger. Smoke poured from his nostrils. Fierce flames leaped out of his mouth. Glowing coals blazed forth from him. He opened the heavens and came down. Dark storms were beneath his, his feet. Mounted on a a mighty angelic being, he flew soaring on the wings of the wind like a helicopter coming. I need to rescue this heart. I need to rescue this soul. I need to rescue this life. He showed himself in darkness, veiling his approach with dark rain clouds. You know, even if whatever is happening, the ambulance just goes. Everybody has to make way. You have to give priority because somebody's heart is in trouble. The Lord turned that from heaven. And the voice of the Most High resounded amid the hail and the burning coals. He shot his arrows and destroyed my enemies. Yeah. God responds. He responds like an emergency. Can you imagine? Hallelujah. Second thing which I, want to, I, want, I believe the Lord wants to encourage our hearts, our hearts about. God is for us. You need to believe that and you need to say it until you believe it. Of course, God is God is against He's against the wicked, but God. There's a scripture where God, the, the, uh, a prophet came and told. I believe he was Josiah, uh, Jehoshaphat. Said, God is with you while you're with Him, when you are for Him. God is for you when you are for Him. But you know, no matter where we are, there is a There, there is the character of Christ, the character of God, that is for us, that is willing to fight for us all the way. It's like you know. You go for a football game, and your your son or your grandson or your child is playing. You won't be on, you you will not be for the opposite team. You're rooting for them. Yeah. I know everybody here in America is a fan for a football team or basketball team, and the the the, the it, it can become so passionate. People people can get in trouble over over football. But in the same way, God is for His people. That's why when, when, when Paul wrote to the Romans, he told them, what shall we say about these things in Romans chapter 8? If God is for us, who can be against us? Amen. That is good news. I love, I love the word, I love the gospel because the gospel is good news. Amen. The gospel is always good news. No matter where we are, no matter in what, in what circumstance we are, God is for his people. If God, be for, if God be for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but delivered him for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Because God is for you. God is for us. You know, I, I also see like a relay race. You know, the book of Hebrews has all these characters in Hebrews chapter 11 all our brothers and sisters in the faith who have gone ahead of us, like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Gideon, Jephthah, and all of them. The Bible says the list. The list is so long you cannot even talk. There's not even enough time to talk about all of them. And you know, I, I, at the end, he says, "God had something better in mind for us, who would uh, so that they would not reach perfection without us." I says, "Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge." crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. Let us keep off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily strips us up. And let us run with endurance the race marked ahead of us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. You know, from generation to generation of faith, there are those who have run and like a relay race, passed the baton from one generation to another one generation to another. And then they go to the grandstands of heaven, like a great crowd. And every time we read the scriptures, it's like they, together with the Father and, and, and those in heaven, they are standing on our side and encouraging us from the pages of scriptures. And saying, Ivan, go on. Fight on. Don't get discouraged. Don't let fear intimidate you. Don't let doubt set you back. Don't get discouraged. Don't let that one person or that one man or that one circumstance Slow you down. Go on, brother. Go on, brother. Run the race. Run the race. I used to complain I cannot speak. I would stammer a little bit. And I would hear Moses through the pages of scripture say, I used to be a stammerer, but the Lord spoke through me. When you, You may think I am so young. Jeremiah would say, I was so young, but the Lord said, don't say you are so young. They all can use you. And put his hands upon you as a young person you may be single or so your spouse has passed away but Ruth speaks to you and said, I said I left my God I left I had lost everything but I made a covenant with the God of Jehovah the God of Israel and I told Nahomi my mother-in-law where you go I will go Where you stay I will stay your people will be my people and your God will be my God and she cleaved to the God of Israel and God blessed her and God united her as a heathen from Moab with the tribe of Israel from whom Jesus came so we have we have this huge crowd of witnesses and I like what Hebrews says in Hebrews 12 it says about about us about about, about the faith we have all come to He says but you have come to Mount Zion You know, it's more than just about coming to church. We we have come to a kingdom. We have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God. We have come to the heavenly Jerusalem. We have come to countless thousands of angels in joyful assembly. That's who we have come to. It says that you have come to the assembly of God's firstborn children, whose names are written in heaven. You know, I, 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 I like the fellowship of, the, of, of saints. I like, you know, I, 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 like, I like looking across just where I'm used to. I like looking across the world and seeing the beauty of the, of the call of God to every tribe, to every nation, to every language. You see how the Spirit of God is moving all over the world. See, and He's still moving all over the world and turning people from darkness to light. From the power of satan unto god god is still raising the dead he's still healing the sick he's still setting captives free he's still he's still he's still redeeming them that are lost he's still casting out devils in the mighty name of jesus he's still moving all around the world and if you open your eyes and look all around the world i like this flag to remind us that we are an international church we have an international reach we have an international touch and we are part of the body of christ all over the world and those who are here in the world today who are believers and those who have gone on to be with the Lord like our dear brother David, we are part of a big family, a mighty family, a family of God's children. And the Bible says, we have come to this family and God is for us. We have come to the spirit of the righteous ones in heaven who have now been made perfect. And it says, you have come to Jesus. We have come to Jesus. When you you gave your heart to Jesus, when you made Jesus your Lord and your Savior, when you decided, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, we came to Jesus. I thank God that I came to Jesus. I thank God that my family came to Jesus. I like asking uh, my my parents about about the generations before us. My, My father's family, for example, Generation ahead of them were so used to visiting mediums hooked to witchcraft. Mediums who would tell them things, who would tell by an evil spirit specific things, call names, tell things, and their souls were cleaved onto that. But I thank God that if you go to my village today, many have turned from darkness to light. They have turned from the power of Satan unto God. They have seen that these things, even though they are enticing, but they, lead, they are a damage to a heart. And they've turned to God. I thank God for my grandfather, who was a missionary pastor. And he went from village to village, back in, uh, so many years ago, walking without a bicycle, without, a, without, without, without anything. He would walk for miles. And a lot of the continent of Africa, for example, that was once known as the Dark Continent, is being filled with the light of the glory of the Lord I thank God for, for what the Lord showed people like Reinhard Bonke when the Lord showed him a vision over and over night after night he saw Africa washed with the blood of Jesus from Cario to from Cario to Cape Town washed with the blood of Jesus and whenever he shares about it my heart is just so moved I see myself among those who were washed by the blood of Jesus in Africa and the same here in America God is for you. God has a plan. I thank, whenever I have an opportunity to speak among the church in America, I thank you for your love, for your labor of love, for your sacrifice, for your missionary heart all around the world. And the Bible says we have come to Jesus, the one who mediates the covenant between God and people, and to the sprinkled blood, the blood of Jesus. That speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. You know, I, I think when, when, when we respond to heart emergencies, we, 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 we work hard. We want that dead heart that is not beating to start beating again. One of my greatest joys and thrills to working with EMS is when I come to somebody who doesn't have a heartbeat, doesn't have a pause, is not breathing, and we start doing CPR, and we are pushing on that heart, and massaging that heart, just like we hear the word of God, the word of God is pounding our heart. It's giving us a response. We are pushing on that heart. We want to give it a shock, what we call a shockable rhythm. And then we, we, we put, put a tube into their, into, their, into their lungs. And we want to give them air. God wants to give us the breath of life. The breath of life. The Bible says when God made man, he breathed into him and gave him a breath of life. God wants to give us a breath of life. And then we give them some medicine to help to jumpstart their heart. The Bible says the word of God is good medicine yeah. to jumpstart anything that is dead in our heart. Maybe they've lost blood and their blood pressure is so low and they cannot, their heart cannot, cannot pump. We, we hang them a bag of fluids. We do everything. And then, and then we, we connect into a power source. Like you see the jumpstart car. And we, when they have a shockable rhythm, everybody clears and we apply shock. They will jerk up. The word of God will have power to, to jerk you up, to quicken you. Sometimes when we hear the word of God, something jumps within us. Like, like, like it was, I believe it was Elizabeth who said, When I when I when I when I heard your greeting, the word of God lives in you. His name is Jesus. When I heard your greeting, the baby within me jumped, leaped for joy. The word of God would cause us to respond, will cause a leap within us. We shock their hearts. Sometimes we have to walk that, we call it a code. We have to walk it for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, sometimes one hour. We are working hard. We are fighting for life, fighting for somebody's life, fighting for their hearts. We would push. We would take turns. My muscles, my back would be hurting. When I'm tired, I would switch around. Maybe I'll be giving some air and somebody else is doing that. We are fighting for their lives. One of my greatest joys is when the heart responds, when the heart starts beating by itself again. And we say, it's time to roll them in the ambulance and fly or rush to the hospital. That's one of my greatest joy. And when they come to the hospital, we do the same thing. We do everything we can to save them. If we have to give them a blood transfusion, you you run into the blood bank. Thank God I gave blood the other day. Run into the blood bank. We want to give them a source of blood. Jesus, the Bible says, the blood of Jesus speaks a better word. We have come to the blood of Jesus. If they have a clot in their brain, a clot in their heart, and they find out, we have to give them a clot buster. The the blood of Jesus is the greatest blood buster in the world. It can bust every clot, every clot of fear, of unbelief, of terror. The blood of Jesus can can blot it out. It can blot every sin. I don't care what you have done, who you have done it with, whether it was in secret or in open, whether you were exposed or not, the blood of Jesus still speaks a better word than the accusing blood of Abel. Yeah. And that's why if we don't know Jesus and our hearts are not right with God, we cannot hold it anymore when there is a solution. You cannot stand here and ignore it when there is medicine, when there is a the blood, when there is what can quicken your heart again. We have come to the blood of Jesus. We have come to the blood of Jesus, because God is for us. You know, I like this story. It's from the Jesus film. We I've watched it so many times. It tells you know every miracle that Jesus does. Still, it, it speaks more than just a miracle. Sometimes most of us need to experience or see just one miracle in our lifetime because God has a, a message through those miracles. And thank God, God is very generous. He does them over and over and over again. If you have not seen one, maybe you are not, you are not paying attention to it. God does them over and over and over again. I, I like talking about how in one, one fire conference I was, I was in Cameroon, uh, through the word of knowledge, there was a man who did not have testicles. And through the word of knowledge, the, 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 the evangelist from South Africa, his name is Peter Pretorius. He went to be with the Lord last year. He said, there was somebody here who has no testicles. God is giving you brand new. It sounded very absurd. But this guy was there. He felt it coming down. God gave him a creative miracle. I, I, I was there. There was a man there who was violently insane. He was mad he came with chains with his family and he was locked up with the chains but because of the presence of jesus because god is for us whether we are sane or insane something happened the guys changed he, the guy came back to his right mind they, changed, they, they they forgot the key at home the lock opened by itself and he it came in front of everybody with, just in his right mind and when i think when, whenever i think about those two miracles i've seen god do many when I think about those two, it reminds me that God is still the creator. I don't care what, I've, I've, I've studied all the way to PhD, I've heard people talk about evolution and all of that. I don't care what people say, it doesn't move my heart because I have, like we're in Africa, my eyes have seen, my ears have heard, my mouth will talk about the goodness of God. My eyes have seen, my ears have heard, my mouth will talk about the goodness of God. Nothing moves you because you know that you know that you know that God is good. And he still does things. And he still changes minds. He can renew minds. Whether they 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 have a psychiatric issue or they are steeped in depression, I don't care what is going on. God is for you. Here was Peter. Peter had been trying to catch fish the whole night. Professional fisherman. He caught not a single fish, not even one. So he comes to the shore, tired, walking all night. How many of you ever walk all night? <laughs> okay, you know how tiring it can be. And then Jesus interrupts him and says, "Well, maybe he was planning to go to sleep. Can I can I use your boat? Can I use your boat as a pulpit? I know many of you do that. We all do that. We 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 work, we walk for, for for two weeks, for a month, and we take a portion of what we have worked. Maybe you you work for you for 24. Let me okay, let me use." Real. You work for sixteen hours in two weeks, for example, for at least a full time job, and you take you take a, a, a tithe of that, for example, you take one sixth of that, uh, uh, you take about two hours worth of what you have worked, for example, and you give it as an offering to God. You are sharing your boat with Jesus. You are sharing your your sacrifice with Jesus. You are sharing what you have what you have labored for with Jesus. You are making him to sit on your boat, on your profession. Peter used his boat as a platform for Jesus to declare the gospel. So Jesus sat on Peter's boat and taught, and he preached. He taught, and I don't know for how long Jesus taught, but I'm sure Peter was like, when is the Lord going to finish this long sermon? I need to go home and catch a nap. When he was done, Jesus told Peter, now, let, put your boat out a little bit. Let down your nets with an S for a catch. And Peter was like, I'm a professional fisherman. I've been fishing the whole night, not caught a single fish. And by the way, we don't have any fish coming out during the daytime. But because you say so, Jesus, I'll let down the net with one, without an S. Okay, so Peter, well, so anyway, Jesus, everybody loves Jesus. If I, if I turn it down, people are going to say whatever. So he pushes his boat a little bit into the, in, into the water, and he lets down one net. Oh, my goodness. When Jesus says, let down your net for a catch, Peter heard it, like you and I hear the word of God. The fish heard it. The waves heard it. Even the fish said, oh, the creator of the universe has given a command. I want to obey. I want to respond to his command. And all the fish were fighting and flocking in the direction of the boat. They were saying, I want to be in the net. I want to be the first in the net. Are you fighting to be the first to respond to the word of the living God? Peter's heart was cold with unbelief. His heart heart was not responsive because he he, he did not believe it was possible. But here was Jesus, gave the word. Peter heard the word. The fish heard the word. The fish responded faster than Peter. Before Peter could even let down the net all the way, the fish were jumping to the net, and Peter was pulling. And Peter said, oh my goodness, this is too much fish. I can't believe it. I let down only one net, and it's... He called for his partners and said you guys bring some more boats bring some more nets and the, the, the Bible said they they hold so much fish it was too much the boats all of the boats began to sink and peter was so flabbergasted and his heart was warmed by the love of god by the amazing power of jesus he saw that jesus was for him jesus cared about his business jesus cared about what he was he cared about him catching fish i said jesus I can't believe this. Please go away from me. I'm a sinful man. And Jesus said, "Fear not." And Jesus speaks to all of us, and He says, "Fear not, fear not, Peter. From today, you catch fish. You catch. You not catch fish. Only catch fish. You catch men." That was the first time Jesus taught them how to catch fish. Another time, again, after Jesus had died, He rose from the dead. They tried to catch fish again the whole night. They couldn't. And Jesus stood on the shore and said, "Catch." Toss your net to the right side. Jesus knows the right side from the wrong side. (laughs) Let our hearts respond to him saying the right thing. Let our hearts hear the voice from the Lord saying, go this way and let us go with him all the way on the right side. Because the right side will be successful in business. On the right side, we'll catch fish. On the right side, we will win souls. On the right side, we will make it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah hallelujah God is with us he was not only for Peter but he, he decided to come into Peter's boat and he was with Peter this is good news this is good news this is good news God is for us God is not only with you but God God is not only for you but God is with you God is with you God is with you, is with you. I'm not gonna read that because of time God is with us I like what the Bible says when the Bible spoke about Jesus' coming, in the book of Matthew, prophesied by Isaiah, a virgin would, give, would conceive and bear a son, and they would call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Emmanuel is not only a Christmas message, or a song we sing during Christmas, that is good news for all time, for all of us. God with us. Jesus, our Emmanuel, is God with us, always. That's why the, the psalm is said in Psalm 46, our God it's our refuge and our strength. The strength of our heart. Therefore we will not fear, even though the earth be moved, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with swelling. For our God is a very present help in trouble, verse 1. Our God is a very present help. Say it with me. Very present help in trouble, even in trouble, God is very present. That's why Jesus told his one of the last things he told his disciples, who knows the last word is the most important word. He told his disciples, you guys go into the, all, the, all the world, and he promised them, I will be with you sometimes. Always. Most of the time. Always. When you feel like it. Always. He said he'll be with you always. Most, most of the time we don't feel like it. We don't even sense it. But he said, I will be with you always. That's why the book of Hebrews, the writer inspired by the Holy Ghost said, let your conduct be without covetousness. That's a very huge temptation uh, for us. We want to to get more and more and more. But he, he said, listen, be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. What a wonderful God we serve. So we can boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Remember those who rule over you, who spoke the word of God to you, whose faith follows, considering the outcome of their faith and their conduct. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You didn't hear that? That should warm your heart. That should cause your heart to jump for joy. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the Lord told Joshua, I will be with you. As I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And if you have ever faced persecution, I've been beaten, flogged by Muslim before. I don't know if mommy knows about that. <clears throat> I've been mean, asked to carry stones because of a prayer life, 200 stones from one place to another. Sometimes, you face opposition on account of your faith. And Paul was facing so much of that. And one night in a vision, Jesus stood by him. You know, a vision, vision is as, as real. as Jesus, who is always with us, somehow manifesting himself in, in a tangible way. But he's always there. He told him, don't be afraid, Paul, for I am with you. Nobody's going to hurt you. Somebody should hear that. Nobody's going to hurt you. I have many people in this city. Nobody's going to hurt you. And Paul was encouraged, and he kept going. And another reminder about God with us, you remember the story, I'll not read it, I'll just talk about it. You remember when one time the Syrian king sent an army against one prophet, his name was Elisha. The devil fears you and me. He sent one against them. I remember one time I I was was talking with a guy who was terribly demon-possessed. He said something to intimidate me. He said, I see, I see like millions of devils around here. He thought I'd be scared. And then I decided to just take some time and just pray with him. And all I did was that I exalted Jesus in me. I said, Lord Jesus, I exalt you over this guy's life. And he started jumping and shouting and screaming. When I stopped, he stopped. I, said, I asked him, what was happening to you? He said something really strange. He said, three snakes just left me. I said, wow, well, if three snakes in you run away just because i'm the jesus in me is being exalted mm-hmm. <laughs> i didn't even cast out there he just said three snakes just ran away from me they just left me they just came out and ran away you know sometimes we got god has something beyond the veil that we don't see beyond the veil so when when the army came and surrounded them gehazi his said was so scared so he came and told him, knocked at the door, and said, "Hey, my master." We say in in, in, our, in our dialect, "Chadon bad," which means it's, it's it's terrible. We are surrounded by a whole army. I don't know how many how many soldiers there were with horses and all of that. Elisha was not moved. Elisha said, "Lord, please open my servant's eyes, let him see." And the Bible says, "The Lord opened his eyes." And I took this picture from Superbook, and he saw all. He saw in the realm of the spirit, in the realm of the spirit, he saw Elijah. And he saw all around Elisha, chariots of fire and horses. Elisha was sitting here. But Gehazi saw Elisha in the realm of the spirit with horses all around him, chariots of fire, surrounded. You and I are seated with Christ in heavenly places. We are seated in a place of authority. We are surrounded. God is for us. And this gave the guys so much confidence. And all Elisha had to say was, Lord, strike them with blindness. And these guys all became blind. Because God is for us. And I want to encourage us. The Lord wants to encourage us this evening. <clears throat> because many times we don't recognize that Jesus is for us. When Jesus rose from the dead, he first, the message first came to women. And the disciples did not first believe it. You remember the story? They, did, they, did not, they said, if, If we don't see for ourselves, we will not believe. Thomas said, If I don't touch Jesus and put my fingers on his nail scarred hand, I will not believe. Now, there were two disciples, one of them called Cleopas, the other one, we don't know his name. They're walking from Jerusalem to, 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 to a mouse. And having a heated conversation and talking about all the things that had happened. They were hoping that Jesus was going to be this Messiah who will rescue them and restore the kingdom of Israel. And suddenly Jesus comes walking among them. And the Bible says they were veiled from recognizing him. How many times does Jesus walk among us and we, don't, we do not recognize him? And the Bible says he, he, he did not just reveal himself and say, oh, I'm Jesus. da, look here. This is me. Look at me. He did not do that. The Bible said, what did he do? He took time. He opened the scriptures from, for them. From the Psalms, from Isaiah, from the prophets. <clears throat> he took time revealing himself through the scriptures. I believe he did that for you and for me. Because today, many people want to see, I thank God for those who have seen Jesus. I have friends who have experienced the Lord. They've seen him. They've seen his glory. He, they've seen his form. I, I've met people who have seen the Lord. Amazing. It excites your faith. But Jesus did not first reveal himself this way. He took time to open the scriptures to them. Now, their hearts were first cold, like the heart up there, with unbelief, with fear, with discouragement. But as Jesus was speaking to them, the Bible says something was happening to them. Because when they talked about it later on in verse 32, they said, and they said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us? As he talked to us on the road and opened the scriptures to us. They were having a strange warming within them. Jesus was talking to them and the word was CPR, doing CPR on their heart. The word was shocking their heart. The word was infusing medicine into their heart. The word was giving them faith. For faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. And their hearts were being strangely warmed. And it tells us that as they went on... Um, they, went, they went on... And Jesus pretending he was going to keep going. And he said, Lord Jesus, don't, they're not calling him Jesus. They said, well, please, sir, just come, come. Come in, please stay home with us. Come and have a meal with us. And the Bible says, as they, they transformed from Jesus being with them and Jesus being in their house. And as he broke bread, they recognized him, and he vanished. Jesus wants us to follow him by his word. As we read his word every day, he opens his word to us, our hearts are strangely warmed, faith comes into our heart, we see Jesus' face through the pages of scripture, and our hearts are warmed, our hearts, our heart beat for God, our heartbeat resonates with the heartbeat of God, and we feel the warmth of the love and the presence of God. Amen. I talk about this once, about God with us. Remember the story when, when, Joseph, when, when Joseph was sold in Egypt, and his father, his father believed that Joseph was dead. I don't remember for how many years, probably uh, well over 10 years, maybe 20 years, I'm not sure. His father cried for his son, believing he was dead. Can you imagine believing your son is dead, but your son is alive in another country, and is a prime minister of the other country. Sometimes in our hearts we feel like Jesus, we don't see him. We wish we were the early believers who saw him, and we don't have that heartbeat for him. But he's alive. He's preparing a place for us. He sits at the right hand of the Father like Joseph, and he's making provision for us. And Joseph sent word through his brothers. Jesus sent word to his disciples, who sent word to the other apostles, who sent word from generation to generation until here today in 2019. Jesus still sends his word to you and to me. Tell my father, your son is alive. I am the governor of of, of Egypt. God has given me power over all the Middle East. And he sent gifts god sends his gifts he sends the gifts of his spirit he sends the manifestation of the gifts of His spirit pastor stands here teaching the word of god through the, the anointing of the spirit the people have the gifts of the spirit and they demonstrate the power of god that is jesus sending his gifts to you and to me to warm our hearts with his love all this while, god had first called jacob israel but because he was so depressed he was so discouraged he felt so hopeless his heart had become like stone he sat there. He would not wake up from his dust and ashes. The Bible called him Jacob, but the Bible says when he heard the word and he saw the gifts, the Bible says the spirit of Jacob revived. the, the good word quickening his heart shocked him. He at first his heart stood still, and his heart started beating again. And he said, "My son Joseph is alive. I will arise." That's what some of us should say today. Jesus is alive. My Lord is alive. My God is still good. He has not slept concerning me. And you say, "I will arise and walk until I see His face." Hallelujah. God is with us. God is not, not only is in us, but He is with us. You know that. That was a picture I took in uh, the, the previous one when I went to Israel. Jesus is alive. The tomb is empty. He is alive. He is alive. When God told Israel, build a sanctuary, I want to dwell among you. And Paul said, don't you know that you yourselves are the temple of the Holy Spirit? When, when they built the temple and Solomon offered a sacrifice, the Bible says God himself answered with fire and consumed the sacrifice. But on the day of Pentecost, something wonderful happened. The people with the sacrifice the disciples without sacrifice, and when they, when they stood there, I went to that upper room in Israel, and they, they waited on Jesus. On the day of Pentecost, God poured out His spirit as if saying, I, am, I, I, "I accept this sacrifice. God accepts you when He gives you His spirit." And the Bible says, God, God, God will to make this, this known the riches of His glory, the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory." christ in you is the hope of glory god is not only for you not only with you but christ in you is the hope of glory christ in you is the hope of glory that's why jesus said come to me all who are thirsty and he said as the scripture says to all those who believe in him out of their belly will flow rivers of living water. There will be a wellspring within you. He told the woman, the Samaritan woman, there will be a wellspring within you. Because God is going to live within you to well out. I apologize for not reading all the scriptures. But I'll just conclude with this. When Jesus gave the message to the churches in Revelation. To one of the churches he told them, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, knock, knock. Now we use this for evangelism, but Jesus spoke to his people. And he said, I am knocking at the door of your heart. And that's like I wrote, I wrote there, he's knocking on Damukong's heart. That's my my house, my heart. He's knocking at my heart. Why would Jesus be knocking at the door of our heart? The, the Lord wants us to have, have have something which Paul prayed for the church. He prayed for the Ephesian church and he told them in Ephesians 3 that God will grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, in your heart, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, what is the length, what is the depth, what is the height, to know the love of Christ, which passes all knowledge. To be filled with the fullness of God. Yeah. He prayed for their eyes to be open, for their understanding to be opened. For them to be totally yielded to Christ who is in them. If you don't know Jesus, Jesus wants to come from outside to inside. But sometimes he want, that, that picture tells me he wants more than just being a part of our lives. He wants to be all and all. Yeah. Right, monkey likes telling this story about... It's like a a parable about a man. Jesus once knocked at the door of his heart and he opened the door and said, Jesus, you're welcome, please come in. The guy had a big house. He had five rooms downstairs, five rooms upstairs. And he took Jesus all the way upstairs and said, Jesus, this is your room. Please stay here. So at night, the devil comes down his street knocking at his door and the man tries to open the door. You know the devil is not a gentleman. Before he opens the door, the devil forces himself in. And Blasts the man with all kinds of bad thoughts and wicked thoughts and evil thoughts and condemnatory thoughts and wicked things in his heart. And he fights and fights and fights and fights so hard and pushes the devil out. So in the morning, he asked Jesus, Jesus, why did you not come and help me? And Jesus said, well, you gave me only one room. And and the man said, okay, Jesus, I'll give you five rooms. Five upstairs. You can stay upstairs, have all the five rooms. The next night, the devil comes knocking again. Like he comes knocking with temptation. Like Pastor preached, with the loss of the flesh, the loss of the eyes, the pride of this life. And before he could even open the door to see who is dead, the devil forces him his way in again and fights him with all kinds of loss and all kinds of wickedness and all kinds of temptations and bad thoughts. And the man battles and battles and Oh my goodness, what is happening to me today? I thought Jesus lives in my heart. And he fights and fights and fights and he pushes the devil out. And in the morning he says, Jesus, why didn't you come and help me? I gave you five rooms upstairs. And Jesus says, Hey, you gave me space in your heart. You gave me space in your life, in your house. Why don't you give me the whole house? Why don't you give me all of your house? And instead of me living with you, why don't you live with me? And the man said, oh, I didn't think about that. Good deal. I surrender. I yield my heart to you. I surrender to you. I just give all the rooms of my heart to you, all the secret chambers, all my, the, the, the rooms downstairs, upstairs, my kitchen, my guest room, everything, Lord. It's yours. It's yours in the first place. You made it. It's yours. You gave it to me in the first place. I give it to you. And so, when the devil comes knocking this time again, guess who opens the door? Jesus opens the door. And his piercing eyes look at the devil. And the devil puts his tail between his legs and says, Uh oh, wrong address. (laughs) Can we stand up together? Can we stand up together? Thank you for being patient with me. Our hearts beating. Our hearts beating. Are we, is, is, the, is the word respo- are we responding to the word yeah. hallelujah I just want us to take a few moments and just worship the Lord and just, just thank him for his word and just respond to his word I say Lord I just yield myself to you just thank him for his promises thank him that He's with you He's for you he Christ, in you and just take some time just to yield yourself to him just to yield every part every aspect of your life to him Jesus wants to have all he wants to just have all. He wants, instead of you living, Him living with you, He wants you to live with Him. Instead of you entertaining Him, He wants to entertain you. He wants to sup with you. And He wants you to sup with Him. Let us lift up our hands to heaven and just love on Him. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, we love you. We love you this evening. We just love you. We worship you. We praise you, Lord the same yesterday today forever we set our eyes on things not seen oh i thank you because you care for our heart you care for a healthy heartbeat in our spirit we just love you precious lord we thank you lord for the response to your word today lord oh thank you that our hearts are strangely warmed because we are reminded that you are good god you care for us lord you care about catching fish. You care about our hair. You care about our clothes. You care about our children. You care about our mothers and our fathers. Yes, you care about our mother-in-law and our father-in-law. You care about our jobs. You care about our health of our heart. You care about our health. You care about everything, Lord Jesus. Oh, we thank you that you care. We love you this evening. We bless your holy name. Oh, we join the family of heaven. We join the saints all around the world. We say, Lord, we love you. We adore you. We praise your holy name. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. 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 Come on, somebody, just love on him. Just love on him. Just take some time and just love on him. Just open your mouth and let love come out. Oh Jesus. Oh Jesus. 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 Oh he's here. Oh Jesus. Glory glory. Glory glory. Jesus. We adore you, Lord. We bless your holy name. 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 We bless, your holy name. We bless your holy name. I know by the Spirit that, there, that God has been ministering to our hearts as we just heard and just feasted on the word of the Lord. But if you are here, you just want to respond by faith and there is something that has been heavy upon your heart. Maybe a need, maybe a hard emergency that you've been dealing with the Lord and you just want to respond by faith and you want somebody just to meet you here and pray with you. I just want you to feel free in the presence of the Lord just to come up here and one of the prayer partners is going to be here to just pray with you through it and just to agree with you and just that the love of God will warm your heart. God will raise you up, will lift you out of a pit and put you on a solid ground to stand. And I want to just encourage every one of us, just if there's a need that you have in your life and you just want the Lord to meet that need, just take a moment and just exhort the name of the Lord. Just keep your eyes on Jesus and say, Lord, I give you this need. I surrender this need to you. I yield this need to you. I yield this household to you. I yield this job, this business to you. I yield this family member to you. I yield this situation to you. Come on, somebody, just lift your hands up to heaven and just call upon the name of the Lord. The Bible says everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There is a rapid response from heaven. See it by faith. See it by faith. See yourself seated with Christ in heavenly places. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for, for the power of your word. I thank you, Lord, for strengthening our faith this evening. Lord, to believe you, Lord, to see the invisible, to believe you for the impossible. And Father, I just agree with my brothers and my sisters this day. We agree in the spirit of faith. Lord, that you will meet our every need according to your riches in glory. Come on, if you can just hold somebody's hand next to you. Come on, let's agree with somebody. Let's agree with one another. I believe God wants to meet our needs here where we are. I believe God has, God has needs to meet where we are. Just hold somebody's hand. Just agree with them. Father, we agree in this place. We thank you oh God, that where two or three agree in this crowd of witnesses. Lord, you hear and there is an answer. There is a response from heaven. Lord, we agree this day, Lord. We agree, Lord, that you meet our needs according to your riches and glory. We agree that you will take the first place, Lord Jesus. Take the first place. Take total control, Lord. I pray, Lord, wherever in our lives, Lord, we still have control. We still withhold some places from you. Lord, I ask by your spirit, Lord, you would help us to crucify the flesh. I pray that our all shall be completely yielded to you. Lord Jesus, be Christ in us. The hope of glory. I thank you, Lord, that there is hope in us. Hope for the world to see. Hope for Chesapeake to see. For Virginia Beach to see. For Hampton Road to, to see. For the eastern parts of this nation to see. For this nation to see Christ in us. The hope of glory. The power of God in us. The hope of glory. Lord, we lift our hands in surrender. And we say, Lord Jesus, be the anointed one in us. The hope of glory revealed yourself through the sons and daughters of god to our generation to this nation the hope of glory we thank you lord we praise you lord we give you all the glory all the glory all the praise lord we say yes to your word even the fish say yes to your word we say yes to your word lord we say we will go forth from this place obeying your word, believing your word, trusting that you work things for the good of those who love you and who are called according to your purpose. Thank you, Lord. We praise your name for a heartbeat, a healthy heartbeat. Our hearts are warmed by your love today. We rebuke every fear. We rebuke every unbelief. We rebuke every timidity. We rebuke every accusation, every voice of darkness. Every voice of witchcraft, every voice of opposition, every voice that speaks to oppose us and stand against us, every voice of discouragement, we rebuke in Jesus' name. And we say, We will arise. We will believe. We will stop believing a lie. We will believe every day. My Jesus lives. My Jesus lives. He is King of kings, seated at the right hand of the Father. And I am raised with him, and I sit with him. And I win with him in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.